Today, before um, I read from the passage for today, dear Father, we want to uh, commit these words into uh, your hands. We pray that even as we read them, Lord, we ask that you will open our hearts uh, to receive them and may they light up our lives. Thank you and we pray for your spirit to help us uh, in understanding these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 19. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from Abraham, from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities on, of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Bathsheba, and Abraham stayed in Bathsheba. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, good morning, church. The Lord be with you. Now, I just want to um, welcome two visitors, or maybe three, uh, two visitors, John and Michael. You're representing Christ Church. 
And so we want to welcome you and please send our greetings back to Reverend Andrew and uh, your church. We are pleased that you are able to join us this morning. Now, today we come to the climax of Abraham's journey of faith, recorded for us in Genesis chapter 22. And with this chapter, we will end our study of Abraham, and we will begin a new series in the new year. Now, today is also the first Sunday of Advent in the church calendar. Now, Advent is the season of four Sundays before Christmas. Now, Advent means the coming. It refers to the coming of God's salvation for the world in the person of Jesus Christ. And so in the Sundays leading up to Christmas, we will look at what scripture says about the coming of God's salvation in Christ. Now, Jesus' first coming divided history into two time periods, before common era and common era or as many of us are more familiar with, the two time periods used to be called BC, before Christ, and AD, in the year of the Lord. Now, when Jesus comes again, as he said he would, he will bring human history to a close. And Jesus will right every wrong, and he will make everything that is broken, new again. And this gives us hope because today the pandemic reminds us that we live in a broken world. And it has been an unprecedented year. The death and destruction that we see happening right across the world tells us that human beings are not in charge of this world. But God is, and God is in total control. And God will bring all human suffering, all human pain to an end when Jesus comes again. And Jesus will make everything good again. And he will establish a new world, a new creation. And so we want to look forward to the second coming of Jesus. And celebrating Advent reminds us that there is a better world to come. And this better world was already prophesied in the story of Abraham. You see, God had promised that through Abraham, all peoples of the earth will be blessed. And this blessing has got to do with the redeeming of the world, the salvation of the world. And this salvation of the world will find its full expression in the new world that is to come. And so the question for us this morning is, how do we receive this blessing that was promised to, through Abraham? Well, we know that God will provide the means for us to receive this blessing. And we will learn more of this means in the dramatic story of the testing of Abraham's faith in chapter 22. 
So please turn with me to chapter 22 in your Bible, Genesis chapter 22. Yeah. Okay, verse 1 tells us, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He's, sometime later, uh, yeah, God tested Abraham. Now, sometime later suggests that uh, it is after the events in chapter 21, which tells us about Isaac's birth and also the expulsion of Ishmael. And it is likely that now we are uh, seeing Isaac as a teenager. And he is about the same age as Ishmael when Ishmael was expelled. And so when Isaac was about 16 years old, God put Abraham to a test. It is the ultimate test of his faith. Now, I think it is fair to say no one likes to be tested. But all of us know that tests are necessary. You see, tests show what we are really like. So if you want to be a doctor, you need to go through rigorous tests to be certified as a doctor. Do you want to be a Christian? A true Christian? Then God will put you through tests so that your faith will grow into maturity and you will grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And that is what a true and good Christian is, to be more and more like Christ. And when we are more like Christ, we will want to put God first in our lives. We want to put, uh, we want to seek first God's kingdom. And this is what God intends to find out about Abraham. God wants to know if Abraham would put him first in his life. And God therefore puts Abraham to the ultimate test. God tells Abraham in verse 2, um, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now, this must have come as a, a big shock to Abraham. Now, if you were Abraham, how would you process what God has just asked you to do? Now, if you think, um, yeah, how, how would you process what God has just asked you to do? Now, I think Abraham must have felt like a sword piercing deep into his soul. Abraham must be struggling inside him, thinking, what is God up to with this command to sacrifice Isaac? Now, perhaps in his mind, he is protesting to God, saying, God, you can't be serious. Isaac is the promised child that I have longed for, prayed for, and waited for all these 25 years. And he is the one through whom the promise of a great nation would come. 
And he is the one through whom the universal blessing, the redemption of the world would come. So how could you have me sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering? God, are you going back on your promises? After all these years of me looking forward to the birth of Isaac? You see, these questions must be swirling in his head. And Abraham is absolutely devastated. What is God up to, he wonders. And Abraham is confused. He is torn between obeying God and his love for his only son. Now, the Bible does not tell us Abraham struggled with his feeling. The Bible just records that Abraham dutifully obeys God. But the text gives us hints about his emotional state. Take a look at verse 3. Verse 3 reads, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Now, you may think that Abraham got up early in the morning because he could not wait to obey God. I don't think that was the case. I think a more likely explanation is that Abraham was struggling to obey and that kept him awake the whole night through. He could not sleep. And so at first light, Abraham gets ready for the painful journey to the mountain. And then he goes to cut the firewood himself. Now, why does he go to cut the firewood himself? Why does he not tell the servants to cut the wood? Well, it is because cutting the wood himself, uh, but by cutting the wood himself, he is trying to seek or find relief for his troubled mind. And so with a heavy heart, Abraham makes the three-day journey to the mountain. And at the last stage to the mountaintop, Abraham leaves the donkeys with the two servants, while he and Isaac continue to the mountaintop to worship God. And Abraham tells the servants that they will return. They will return to them. Now, does Abraham sincerely believe that he and Isaac will return together? Well, the author of the letter to the Hebrews, now in the 11th chapter, tells us this. And I will read from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 to 19. The author says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. 
And even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So what the author of the, of the letter to the Hebrews uh, is saying is that Abraham totally believes that even if Isaac is killed, God will still fulfill his promise of redeeming the world through Isaac. Because Abraham reasons that God can raise Isaac from the dead. So this is really amazing about Abraham's faith, isn't it? And as Abraham and Isaac continue silently up to the mountaintop, so you can imagine Abraham carrying the fire and the knife while Isaac is carrying the firewood on his back. And Isaac breaks the silence. He asks Abraham, Father, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? It is an innocent question from Isaac, but it is deeply painful question for Abraham. So how would he answer? Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, um, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. So in God, Abraham is indeed putting his absolute trust in God. Now today, we also need to put our absolute trust in God. Because God is totally trustworthy. As we see the world around us in chaos and out of control, uh, we, we may be disheartened, but we know that God is in control. And likewise, when we find ourselves in a hopeless and difficult situation, when we find ourselves in the doldrums, when we find ourselves tested to the limit, we must trust God and pray that God in his sovereignty will show us a way when there is no other way. Now, of course, it is easier to say that God will always provide when we are not being tested. But we need to prepare ourselves we need to rehearse the answer that God will provide a way out when there is no other way, so that when the crunch comes, so that when we ourselves are tested, we will not back out and fall away. And I think this is what Abraham must have rehearsed with Isaac as Isaac was growing up. You see, Isaac probably has heard countless of times the story of his supernatural birth, the story of how God never breaks his promise. And in the process, 
Isaac has come to share the faith of his father, Abraham. And when Abraham reasons that God could raise the dead, Isaac believes. Otherwise, he would not have cooperated with Abraham when Abraham starts to bind his hands and his feet. You see, Abraham, uh, uh, Isaac is not dumb. He can see that when he's being bound, he is going to be the burnt offering. But his faith in God to raise the dead makes him agree to lie down on the altar without protest. Now we see that Isaac's trust in Abraham foreshadows the attitude of the servant of the Lord described in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah had prophesied that the servant of the Lord would be a sacrificial lamb. He would be a sin offering for many. And in the 53rd chapter of his book, Isaiah describes the attitude of the servant, which we know is a prophecy about Jesus. And this is what Isaiah says of the attitude of the servant. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And this is found in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. Now, indeed, Jesus, uh, when Jesus was arrested and tried and crucified, he did not protest at all, but he willingly submitted himself, submitted his life to God in obedience to death, even death on the cross. So there is a hint, a very strong hint, that the sacrifice of Abraham's son, Isaac, is pointing us to expect the sacrifice of God's son, Jesus. Now when Isaac, uh, with, with Isaac quietly now lying on the altar, Abraham now reaches for his knife. But before he could slit Isaac's throat, now that is how uh, the animal for burnt offering is killed. Now before the knife could come down across Isaac's neck in one quick movement, we read that the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham paused and replied, here I am. And the angel of the Lord continued, do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now never is there a more welcome voice for Abraham. And Abraham sighed a big relief. He knows he has passed the ultimate test. He has put obeying God above everything else. He has put God first 
even over the son he loves. And beyond all expectation, Abraham gets back his son, alive and intact. And Abraham's faith is now solid. <clears throat> so brothers and sisters, when God asks us to put him first, even over the people we love most, God will reward us with more than we think we have lost. So don't be afraid to offer God your best, your only best, the best that you love. You see, you can't outgive God. When we give our best to God, God will give his best to us. And his best is in his only son, the son he loves. And we will find out more in a moment. So God will always reward our faithful obedience without, uh, I mean, beyond all expectation, as he did for Abraham. And so the story continues that Abraham sees a ram caught in a bush, and it is God's perfect timing to provide the sacrificial lamb. And the ram. Uh, the ram is killed instead of Isaac. And in joyful uh, gratitude, Abraham names the mountain, the Lord will provide. So the mountain is called, the Lord will provide. And it testifies to the fact that God has provided the very sacrifice he asked Abraham to make. And so this is a lesson for us. God who tests us is the one who will provide. So it is a very important lesson for all of us. You see, when God tests us, he will provide us with the strength. He will provide us with the strength to endure and he will provide us with the power to uh, pass the test so that our faith will grow and our trust will grow in such a way that we will always put God first in our lives. So don't be afraid of tests. Tests are for our good. They will show us who we really are, the Christian that we are. And tests will show us where we are at in our spiritual life. And test will also show that God is good. It shows, test shows us who God really is, that God is great, and he is a faithful God who will always provide. So when Abraham passed the test, God calls out to him a second time in verses uh, 15 to 18. And let me read that. Uh, verses 15 to 18, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. 
Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. So God says, and in fact, God swears an oath by himself that because Abraham has obeyed him, God will bring every promise that he has made to Abraham. Every promise given to Abraham will come to pass. And indeed, all the promises God made to Abraham have been fulfilled. God always keeps his word. And today, we see that there are the Jewish people and the Jewish nation all coming down from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And the New Testament tells us that the offspring of Abraham, through whom all nations of the earth will be blessed, is Jesus. The gospel writer, Matthew, makes it very clear that Jesus is that offspring of Abraham through whom all nations of the earth will be blessed because he meticulously traces Jesus' genealogy back to Abraham. And we know that the blessing that Jesus brings to all nations has to do with the forgiveness of our sins. Because when Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, his mother was told to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And when Jesus began his ministry, John the Baptist recognized him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so 2,000 years after Abraham, on the same mountain that Abraham named the Lord will provide, that same mountain was later named as Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is where Jerusalem was built. On that same mountain where Jerusalem sits, God took his son, his only son, the son he loves, Jesus, and there God fastened his son to a vertical altar, a Roman cross. And this time, there was no voice from heaven to stop the knife from plunging into the heart of Jesus. This time, the son died. This time, God provided his only son the son he loves as the burnt offering, as the, as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In his son, God provided us the means by which to receive the blessing of salvation, the salvation that will bring us into the new world that is to come. And we know that this is true because Jesus did not remain dead. On the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. And the reason Jesus will come again 
soon. And when Jesus comes again, he will bring all who have put their trust in, in him. He will bring all his, uh, his people who have put his, their trust in him into his eternal kingdom. So friends, have you received the blessing that was promised through Abraham? If not, I pray that this Advent, you will put your trust in Jesus and receive the forgiveness of your sins. And for the rest of us who have already believed, as we celebrate Advent, let us give thanks to God that Abraham passed his test. And let us pray that we too will pass whatever may be the test of our faith. Now we today will face many, many more challenges to our faith. The world is getting more hostile to believers and the pandemic gives us a hint of that. And post-COVID, some of us may be given the ultimate test. But remember, God is faithful. God who tests us will provide for us. He will provide. He will provide us the strength and the endurance to pass our test. And when Jesus comes again, we will rejoice with him. For we shall see him face to face and be with him forever. This is our joy. And this is our hope. And that's why we celebrate Advent. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you love us with an everlasting love. And in your love, you send Jesus, your only son, the son you love, to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. May we always remain faithful to you to the end and give us the courage to stand strong in your mighty power, to resist the temptation to compromise our beliefs in an ever-increasing hostile world. We thank you that when you test us, you will provide us with the resources to pass the test. And so we praise you for your faithfulness to us and by the power of your Holy Spirit, work in us our obedience to you, so that we, like Abraham, may be people of faith. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.